Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. How's everybody doing? Everybody good? Everybody good? That's like 40% of you, but we're so glad the rest of you are here at least, even if you're not good. And for those of you online, thank you for being with us as well. We love you guys and are so grateful you're here as well. Uh, my name is Danny Rivers, and I'm one of the pastors here uh, at LifePoint. Uh, last weekend was a family wedding, so I wasn't here, but Pastor Andy uh, crushed one out of the park. So I want to say a big thank you to Pastor Andy for finishing up our series, The Lord Bless You. I hope that um, you received good stuff from that series. I hope it uh, filled your heart up the way it filled up mine. And uh, next weekend, <clears throat> we're starting a, a brand new teaching series called Hearing God's Voice. And I think it's so important in the season that we live in, the times that we live in, that we learn uh, to hear what God is saying, not only just to his church, but to each of us as individuals. And we want to just kind of break that down over the next few weeks. Today, however, uh, we're going to do something just kind of standalone. I haven't done this in a long time, and I, and I want to do this today. Uh, before I do, um, our, our Financial Peace University, which is our financial group from Dave Ramsey, is starting this Tuesday night right here in this room. I think there's over 80 people signed up uh, for that. It's going to be here in the room. We're going to have child care available for those of you who have kids. Um, child care is available. Normally, uh, financial peace is kind of an expensive thing, but our church has bought a site license, so uh, all you got to do is get the materials. We'd love for you to join us here in this room. I think it's 6.30 this Tuesday night. They're starting that out. Uh, one last thing. So many announcements. I'm sorry. One last thing. We're taking several missions trips this year. Uh, my wife and I are leading a trip to um, the Philippines, to our orphanage, I- Ima's home. Uh, outside of Manila. And if you're interested in that, we're going to be doing an interest meeting today in uh, the garage, that room over there uh, at 115 uh, today. You can come back, you can go come back and uh, we'll be happy to tell you what the deal is with that. It's going to be an amazing uh, trip. Today, we're talking about baptism. Um, We normally do baptisms the end of the month. We just did one. Um, but I told the team I wanted to do another one this week. I wanted to preach on baptism. I wanted to preach about baptism. And I want to give people the opportunity to respond. In the last gathering, seven people got up, went out, out there, and got baptized right afterwards. So <clears throat> those of you in the lobby, you're already out there. Come on, you're ready to go already. Um, those of you here in this room, um, you are too, hopefully. M- most likely, if you have a view of baptism... Um, it was probably shaped by the way you were raised or the kind of church you were raised in or the, the faith system that you, uh, your, your parents subscribed to. In fact, it probably has more to do with how you were raised than any actual research that you may have done uh, because most people haven't spent any time researching baptism. Um, today, I'm going to talk about baptism. Some of you who are Bible scholars are going to be like, eh, you should have said different. You should have said more. Um, but I, honestly, um, my target audience is not folks that know all about baptism. My target audience is people who don't know very much about baptism. Um, so for others of you, if you weren't raised in, 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 in a Christian faith or any kind of faith, the whole idea of baptism, frankly, it's kind of weird, right? Come on, just think about it. We take normal, cleaned people and we put them underwater. Come on, that's weird, everybody. That's kind of strange. Like if you're raised in church, you're like, oh, it's totally normal. But if you're not, you're like, dude, it's weird. I don't know why anybody would do that, right? So I want to explain today what the deal is, what's the deal with baptism. And the truth is, baptism is extraordinarily an important event. And, and I would think that if you ask anybody who's been baptized, they would tell you it's one of the most special moments, special days of their lives, um, that, that moment. Um, The truth is it's important, and the reason it's important is because when you study the New Testament, 
and the Gospels, when you study the Acts of the Apostles, the book of Acts is what we call that, um, you find that when you read that, and if you're not reading it, I hope you will read it, but every time someone starts to follow Jesus, anytime somebody has like a, oh, I see it now, the first thing they do is they get baptized immediately. They don't go to a class. Listen to me. They don't go to a class. They don't take a seminar. They go and they get water baptized. Go read the New Testament. And this is what happens. Following the moment of decision that Jesus is the Lord of my life and I I want him to be my savior, immediately they go out and get baptized. In fact, the, the, the early church, the first Christian church, the New Testament church, for them, it was unthinkable for a Christian to not be baptized in water. In the book of Acts, baptism followed so closely behind repentance that it was seen as part of one event. It was like, this is what happened. The next thing they did was they get baptized. I'll show that to you here in a minute. But I want to tell you, I want to remind you about the story of God. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only, some translations say his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So God sends his son, Jesus, to become one of us. He was born of a virgin, the Bible tells us, which is super important. He lives a completely, completely sinless life. Also incredibly important so that he can pay the price for the sins of the world. So Jesus gives his life on a cross. He died, then he was buried in a cave. Three days later, he rose up from that grave, triumphant over death, over hell, and over the grave. Amen, somebody? And when you and I, when we believe in our hearts, Romans 10 says, that he died and rose, and we confess him with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord by putting our faith and our trust in him, we are made in right relationship with God, and we are on our way to heaven. That's the gospel of Jesus, everybody. That's the gospel, right? So just just after Jesus' resurrection, he assembles his disciples. He spends 40 days with him. He, he, he assembles his disciples. He gives them one last bit of, of instruction. There's, about, uh, there's several hundred people there. And these are the final words that he says before he leaves. Therefore, say this with me, therefore, go and make disciples. By the way, of all nations, this is why we go on mission trips, because this is the commandment of Jesus. This is what it is. We're doing this because that's what we're told to do. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey. Say this with me. Everything, everything I have commanded you and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. This is known as the three Bible students in the house today. Come on, everybody. This is known as the Great Commission. There we go. Some of you are like, is it the commandment? Is it the commission? It's the commission. There's the commandment. There's the commission. All right. And here Jesus is commanding those disciples that are going to watch him ascend into the heavens to go. And when they go, make disciples. And when you make disciples, baptize them. Right? Baptize them. And so pretty good idea that when Jesus himself commissions and commands baptism, come on, everybody. We ought to go ahead and do that. Can I get a word from somebody? Can I get an amen? He said, obey everything that I've commanded you. And I think it's, I would think he would include this as baptism. For Jesus, it was a big deal. And so it's a big deal for us here at LifePoint. And the amazing thing now is almost 2,000 years have passed since this, these words were spoken. And throughout all of those centuries, throughout all of those centuries, 
millions upon millions upon millions of people who've chosen to follow Jesus have gone and, and, and obeyed this commandment. Now, we're doing something very exciting this weekend. We are inviting everybody who has decided to follow Jesus but has never been baptized um, to be baptized. I'm not talking about taking a class after this about baptism. I'm not talking about scheduling your baptism for three weeks from now. Like it's our great privilege to invite people who've never been baptized to be baptized today following this service. Like, like baptisms are going to happen for people who haven't had a lot of time to think about it, right? Because listen, go read the Bible. Nobody had a lot of time to think about it. They just did. They just, they just obeyed the, 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 the inclination of God because some of the best things happen in life when we see, a, when God opens a window of opportunity and we step into it, right? Some of the best things happen. I believe that God sees baptism, our baptism, as an outward profession of our faith in Christ. I think in some ways, it's like this wedding ring I'm wearing. Mine's rubber from uh, Academy, right? It's 10 bucks. Like, I recommend it. Come on, everybody. I recommend it. Because if you lose it, it's 10 bucks. Come on, can I get an amen? Because if you've ever lost it, you know that it's not a happy moment in your household. Come on, everybody. So if you lose the rubber one, you just go get another one. Praise God. Anyways, but whether it's $10 or whether it's $10,000, what it says is that I belong to Rachel Rivers. That's what it says. By the way, 25 years, praise God. 25 years of belonging to that girl right over there. <laughs> Ladies, I want you to remember those of you who've been married, like are, are married, when you got that engagement ring, what did you do, right? You got all handsy all of a sudden. Come on, right? <laughs> I got, my wife, when, whenever I, we got engaged, that Sunday I was, a pa- I was a student pastor and a worship leader at a church. And I, I just remember looking over at her and she was just very crazy with God all that day. You know it, like catching the light, right? <laughs> catching the light. Now, in our case, I was very poor, so there wasn't much light to pass through. Come on, everybody. Whether it was a pebble or a stone, everybody, you're right, like you're like, I want everybody to know, right? And it's kind of like that. So why baptism? A couple of things if you're taking notes. First thing I want you to know about baptism is that baptism is an outward profession of our faith, our inward decision, our faith in Christ, when you get baptized, you're making an outward declaration. Say declaration. I'm declaring that I am identified with Jesus Christ. I am a follower of Jesus and I'm publicly standing with him and I'm publicly standing for him, right? You you can tell um, stuff by the way people dress, right? You can tell. Like for anybody, uh, sports fans in the room today, like uh, every week, People are wearing jerseys here, um, usually not Cowboys jerseys. And some of you choose to sit as close to the front so you can stick it into my soul that your team's still in the playoffs and mine's not, all right? All right I see you, I see you. And, and anyways, right? So, so why do you wear a jersey, right? You want everybody to know who you identify with, right? That's why we wear jerseys. So after the message today, you do that for Jesus, for something that matters for the rest of life. You are saying, I'm gonna put on my Jesus jersey today. You are a follower of Jesus. I have decided, I have decided to follow Jesus. Now, why public? Why don't we do this like in in the privacy of people's homes, like in their bathtub? First of all, that's kind of weird, but whatever. Um, I have done it. Come on, I have done it, right? But, but, but why publicly? Well, in Matthew chapter three, Jesus was baptized himself in the Jordan River. The Jordan uh, was one of the most, if not the most public place um, around. 
Why? It's the source of water for the nation. People went there for their drinking water. They went there to wash clothes. They went there to cool off on a hot day. They went there to go fishing. They went there to get water for their animals. Everybody's gathered there. Where was Jesus baptized? In the most public place he could imagine, right? Now, he was making a statement to the people that were there then, to us as well, that baptism, first of all, that baptism is important. And if Jesus did it, and if he says, I want you to do it, I, I, I don't think there should be a question in our mind that we should go do it too. Yes or no, right? So we're declaring I'm not my own anymore. I stand with Jesus. I'm publicly standing with him. I have decided I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Baptism is the most public way to express your faith in Jesus Christ. You put on your Jesus jersey. Baptism is more, though. So let's take some scripture and let's mix it with some historical uh, th- thoughts. In the New- I've done this before. I want to do it again. In New Testament times, and even now, of course, there were two kinds of people. There were Jews. Biblically, there were Jews and then there were non-Jews, which we, they would call Gentiles. Any, that's all of us, most of us, most of you watching. And that, uh, the Gentiles of the region were mostly a collection of Greeks and Romans from the empire of Rome. And they were people who had been strongly influenced by both of those cultures. As a result, most of the people would have been polytheistic, meaning they worshiped and believed in many gods, little G-O-Ds, gods of fertility, gods of the harvest, gods of agriculture, gods of the ocean, you know, the Greek mythology, Zeus, you know, you know all that, um, right? So that's what Paul would be dealing with as he traveled around through the Roman Empire, through the Mediterranean Rim, establishing churches, that's who he's dealing with, polytheistic people. The Jews, however, were very unique in that they believed there was only one God, one true living God, not some plurality of gods, that he was the true God and he was the only God worthy of worshiping and serving. They would live that out in very public ways and they were careful to obey the laws of God, very careful to obey the laws of God. So if you are a Gentile, non-Jew, and you say, bro, I like what they're about. I like how they roll. And you can see this all the way back in, in the Old Testament, all the way through the New Testament, you, people would go, I'm attracted to their faith system. I want to convert. Um, now, in the Old Testament, there was never any preaching about conversion. They weren't trying to get the nations around them to become, but people would be attracted to it and want to become. So what do you do? Well, in, in this time, in the, in the New Testament times, you'd head to the local temple. You'd hook up with a religious priest and you'd say, I, 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 I'm inclined to, to become like you. What do I need to do? Now, if you're a man, come on, men, this is where the commitment level gets tested. Some of you know where I'm going right here. If you're a woman, not as big of a deal. So the priest would say, okay, all right, we're, we're gonna submit ourselves to the law of Moses. Okay, there's some weird stuff in there, but I'm, I'm down for it, right? Right, you're gonna eat a ceremonial meal. I like to eat, I'm ready to eat, let's do it now. You, you have to offer sacrifices in, in, in the synagogue, in the temple, okay? I can, I can do that. Uh, oh, and, and there's this surgical procedure uh, I got to tell you about. It's called circumcision. And then the dudes are like, time, time out, man. Like maybe, maybe Zeus is better, you know, for me, for me here, right? Okay, but, but, but after that, there would be, not always, but there would be sometimes this ceremonially washing where you would just kind of get into water and you would immerse yourself underwater. And, and, and it was ablution. It was a, a kind of cleansing cleansing yourself of what you used to be, and you have a rebirth into Judaism. This is how you, a Gentile, would become a Jew. And when they get to that last one, they would use this Greek word, baptizo, right? Which means to wash, 
to dunk, to dip, to immerse, to submerge, okay? Now, this was a very common word at the time uh, to use to describe what happened when you took cloth and you submerged it, dipped it into dye so that it would become a new thing. This is what they would say of a ship. A ship had got, that sunk was baptizoed. Or when you took, come on, an Oreo and you dunked it in the milk back in the times. Sorry, that's, they didn't have Oreos. Just, uh, but it's a good way to practice everybody baptism, right? Come on, you know that's gonna be in heaven, everybody, right? Cold milk. Anyways, um, the, the idea though for the Jews, and the reason they had converts to Judaism do this thing was the symbolism of being washed. You're getting cleaned off, off of your, quote, Gentileness, and you're putting on your Jewishness. You go down a Gentile into the water. You come out uh, of the water Jewish. It was part of the conversion process. This is, I think, what John has in mind, John the Baptist has in mind when he starts physically baptizing people, which brings us to the next point of this whole baptism deal. Baptism is identifying our hope in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're, we're saying that's what my hope is in. Um, so Paul, Paul says in Romans chapter six, verse three, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized, how, right? Into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his, into his death. It's a way of identifying with the death of, of Jesus. In, 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 in ancient times, particularly in Jewish times, water was seen as chaotic, was seen as grave. Bad things happened around water. So if you're buried um, in the watery grave, this is what the symbolism is. And then like Jesus was raised from the dead, you come up out of the water, right? You are raised um, to walk in, in newness of life, the Bible says. I, I like that picture. So, so maybe some of you who say, well, I've lived a really bad life. We just hold you down longer, right? Until there's like your gas bubbles are coming up. All right, now they're ready to come. Come on. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Just kidding. Some of you are like, but you probably should. All right, anyways. Listen though, everyone in the Bible who was baptized in the Bible in the early church was baptized by going under the water, immersion. That's what the word means. Dumped, submerged, immersed, right? The symbolism is that you are buried in the water and then you are raised alive to a, a new person to walk in a new direction in your life. You get rid of the old self. There's all this language in the Bible about this, the New Testament, Paul's writings. Your old ways, your old identity, your old sinful ways are dead, right? They've died. You've died to yourself. That self, old self gets buried in the water and then it comes out in the newness of life. So your, your hope is in the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And baptism is kind of a symbolism of, of all of that, right? Remember, for, for, for in the Jewish culture, the idea was, uh, was that we were washing something, dipping it in the dye, it was coming out something different. Um, it, it came out a totally different color. It was forever changed, and that's what we are. We are different. We are changed forever. Third thing is you're going to be raised into new life. This is so powerful. You're going to come up out of that watery grave, right? Symbolized right there. And, and you're different. Romans 6 again, verse 4 now. We were buried therefore with him. How? There's no trick question. Come on, this right there. We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death. He's reiterating what he said in verse 3. In order that, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in, say that word with me, in newness of life. 
So, so let's be clear now. The water, that water out there, it just came out of a tap. It's not holy. Come on. It's not sacred. The water does not do anything for you. It's just water. All right? You with me? So, so Peter, 1 Peter 3, Peter's talking about baptism. He says that baptism is an appeal to God for, for a, a clear conscience. It's, it's an appeal to God for, for the renewing, the cleansing of the mind. It's not cleansing the body. There's nothing sacred about the water, but, 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 but it's an appeal to God that all the old stuff, the old insecurities, the fears, the sins, the guilt, the trash, the shame, the despair, it's buried, it's gone, it's dead, and we are raised to walk in newness of life. We're different. We may look all the same on the outside, but, but we're different on the inside. We're changed. I have a new name. I'm a follower of Jesus. Put on my Jesus jersey. I I belong to Jesus. So you're a Gentile. Back to my history now. You're a Gentile wanting to convert to Judaism. So you go down to the River Jordan because you've heard there's this strange dude down there who's baptizing people. You think, I'm going to go check it out, see what this actually looks like. You see this wild-haired, bearded, locust-eating, camel-fur-wearing brother named John, right? He's screaming. He's yelling. You know, he's preaching a new message. Nobody's ever heard this message. Here's what he's saying. He keeps saying, repent. He's screaming out, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. He's talking about Jesus. He's the foreshadow of Jesus. He's preaching it in the wilderness. He's preaching it out in the streets. He's preaching it anywhere people will listen. Repent, repent, repent. And in another place, he says, I'm gonna baptize you with a baptism of repentance. But the one who's coming behind me, talking about Jesus, he's gonna baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So start by repenting, right? And people are listening to him and people are convicted. That's what the Bible does. That's what the Spirit of God does. People are convicted and they realize he's telling us the truth about ourselves. We haven't lived right. What, what do we do next? They're, they're, they're stirred in their hearts. He take them down. John himself would take them down into the Jordan River and do something that no one had ever seen before, right? He takes them personally. He physically pushes them under the water, dunks, immerses, submerges, washes. He baptizos them. And then you realize as you're watching all this, that these folks are in, man, they're in. And they even give him a nickname, John the Washing Man, right? John the Dunker, John the Submerger. This is how he got the name John the Baptist. He's not the first Baptist guy, everybody. If you grew up Baptist, you can't claim John for yourself, right? right? Neither can I claim Peter the Pentecostal, right? Come on, somebody. Matthew the Methodist, Luke the Lutheran, right? Paul the Presbyterian, it's not like that. He's just the first one who's ever doing, has ever done what, this guy, what he's doing, to baptize, to wash somebody. Before, anybody wanting to convert to Judaism, they just dunked themselves. But this dude's doing it for them. And all these Jews would no doubt have been standing around watching this going, oh, we've seen something like this before. This is kind of like that thing the Gentiles do when they want to become Jews. This, 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 this new baptism, though, lean in. This wasn't about joining a church or a kind of church, right? Because let's be honest, in the days that we live in, if you had to get baptized for every new church, a lot of folks would have been baptized like 43 times already, right? Come on. I'm not throwing shade. I'm not throwing shade. Just real talk, all right? It's not about joining a church. It's not supposed to be about that. It's about publicly de declaring, I belong to Jesus. I am his and he is mine, right? And, and when they see this happen, they think, ah, I've seen this. These people are saying, I want to identify with what John is saying, 
right? I believe in John. I believe in, in, in what he's teaching. I believe in him. I believe in what he's saying. And this is their way of admitting, I haven't lived the right, the right kind of life. I have been a sinner. I haven't been doing what I'm supposed to do. I want to go down to that water. I want to get washed, right? So you're standing down there by the river and you're like watching all this and there's a crowd of people there and you, and you see these baptisms going down and all of a sudden John turns and looks your way and he points and he goes, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And you're like, me, right? And then somebody shoves you out of the way, right? And, 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 and down through the crowd, come on, somebody. It's funny. I'm just cracking myself up a little bit. Comes this man and, and you hear, hear it whispering, it's Jesus, it's, that, it's the, the teacher, it's the, it's the rabbi. I heard about this guy, seen him do stuff. What's gonna happen? And when you hear this man, Jesus, show up, Jesus says to John, who's his cousin, says, John, I want you to baptize me. And John's like, do what now? Because you're the one that's coming. The, the shoes, the, the strings of the shoes, I'm not even worthy to untie. I'm not worthy to baptize you. And, John, and Jesus says, no, you baptize me. And John's like, no, you baptize me. And they have this exchange. And, and finally, Jesus is like, hey, I'm kind of God, so if you'll just go ahead and do what I tell you. And it's not exactly like that, but it's kind of like that. It's Danny's version. You haven't read that version, right? So, so then... John the washing man immerses, submerges Jesus, and it says he came up out of the water. Now, we don't have the video to prove this, but it says he came up out of the water. So Matthew 3.16, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he came, he came up out of the water, all right? So we don't have the video, but we have these, all right? At that moment, heaven was opened. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him, and a voice from heaven said, this is my son. Other translations are, are, are more poetic. This is my beloved son in whom, uh, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. I, I want you to see this because don't let anybody tell you that baptism is just this little symbolic gesture that we do. No, no, no. Come on, man. It's real. And if you've ever had this experience, you know there's something that takes place. And in Jesus' case, there's this affirmation from the heavenlies. This is my beloved son. Something about it. John, John, uh, Jesus leaves this moment. John just continues baptizing. Now, Jesus goes somewhere else. He gets his own followers. John has disciples. Jesus has disciples. They start baptizing other people. So at this point, two different groups are baptizing people, washing, right? Jesus goes on, has a ministry. There's miracles, there's signs, there's wonders. But during that time, John gets thrown into prison. And some of John's followers have no, have no way to talk to John. They don't have any guidance. So they're like, we're going to take it on the road, man. You know, I don't, I don't know why I said it like that, but I feel like they would have said it like that. Let's take it national, bro, right? So they, they leave Jerusalem and they're, and they're taking this thing everywhere. And they start take, going everywhere going, hey, repent. Uh, the Messiah is coming. Repent and turn to God. Not realizing that the guy that they think is coming has already come. Meanwhile, Jesus gets crucified. He rises again on the third day. He spends 40 days with his own followers. But these other guys, they took off. Take it global, man. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and meanwhile, they've made it all the way to modern day Turkey in a town called Ephesus. The guy, the guy they're preaching about coming has already come, been there, done that. They don't know. Poor saps. Come on. Some time passes. Paul's now converted. 
right? He goes out, has this miraculous conversion experience on the road to Damascus, right? Now he's out preaching the message of Jesus, the Messiah. By the way, when he decides to follow Jesus, what does he do immediately? Gets baptized, Acts 9, 18, right? Anyway, Paul is in Ephesus. He runs into these John's disciple guys and they're trying to proclaim John's message. Repent and turn to God. There's a, somebody's coming, right? And Paul's like, have you guys ever, have you received the Holy Spirit baptism since you believed? And they're like, no, we hadn't even heard about this thing. Well, how were you baptized? And they say, well, John, how John told us to get baptized. Paul, Paul's gonna catch him up on the whole deal. Acts 9, 19, real quick. Paul says, verse four, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. It was a renewal, right? It was ablution. It was like, hey, let's, let's wash, let's get off the old and, and let's get the new. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. And fellas, I don't know how to tell you. He came, he died, he rose again. You're doing it wrong, right? And so, and so um, what, ha- what happens, verse five, on hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And oh, by the way, they also received a Holy Spirit baptism, which is totally awesome anyways. They had been baptized with John's baptism, but now they get rebaptized into to the name of the Lord Jesus, literally baptized into the body of Christ. This is now, they were following John, now they're following Jesus. This is who they want to identify now with. They're putting on their Jesus, so to speak. And when you read Acts, you find out that that's how everybody was baptized. They just got baptized in the water, right? That's, how, that's baptism. So what do we learn here? A couple things. Baptism is a renewal of sorts, right? It's, it's, a, it's a way of saying, God, you've done a work in my heart, and now I want to I wanna do, I want to I wanna obey your command. I want to be baptized. It's the process of, of, of becoming something better, something newer. Galatians 3, 27, Paul says, Paul says, for all of you who were baptized into, come on, say it with me, baptized into Christ have what? clothe yourselves with what? This is why we keep saying Jesus jersey, right? Those of you who are baptized into Christ, baptized, immersed, dunked, dipped, submerged, those of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. It's a public declaration of a new association with the teachings of the one you follow. So for instance, when I was baptized, I said publicly in front of a lot of people in some very cold water, praise God, come on. I believe in Jesus and I have decided to follow him. And, and furthermore, furthermore, what he said, what he taught, I believe it. Secondly, and I'm going to do what he said. It's not just enough to go, I'm gonna get wet. No, no, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I believe what he taught and I'm gonna do what he said. So the implication is that baptism is for people who want to change their association from whatever they were to a follower of Jesus. They made that decision for themselves. Now then who should be baptized? Who should get baptized? Anyone who is old enough to see the importance and significance of baptism and choose on their own to be baptized. This is why we don't baptize babies and infants here because they can't make the decision on their own to follow Jesus and his teachings. Now, I've used this before, but let me give it to you again. When my girls were little, they're 19 and 16 now, but when my girls were little, I would jam Spurs and Cowboys gear on them. And, but, but did that make them a Spurs Cowboy fan? No. What it said to people was, poor saps, their dad's still holding on to hope, right? 
he jammed a Spurs jersey on him, right? But at some point, they have to decide for themselves if they even like basketball, much less the Spurs. Now, of course, if they don't like the Spurs, they'll be removed from the will. (laughs) They will not get those $2 when I die. Come on, somebody believe with me on this? It's, It's in Hebrews. Spurs one another on towards love and good deeds. It says in Hebrews. This is not an S on the end, but it does say spur, right? <laughs> Baptism should be something that you chose to do and can look back with on ama- a- an amazement at the significance of the moment. If you were baptized as an infant, it wasn't your decision. Can we agree on that? Right? You, you don't have to agree with my theology around this, but you can at least agree with me you don't remember that, right? If you were baptized as a baby or infant, and I'm not, I'm not denouncing that, I'm not, I'm not downing that. Listen, I'm not, I'm not just casting disparaging. Two things I want you to know about it, though, that I know about it. Number one, you don't remember it. Like, I've never had somebody tell me, dude, I remember when I was two months old, bro. The water, would, they splashed in my eyes, and I was so cold. I got bitter and cried, and everybody took pictures, and then we all went to Luby's, right? <laughs> if you're not from San Antonio, you got no idea what I'm saying. But if you grew up in this town... Something good happened, you went to Luby's. Maybe Bill Miller, if you, were, if you didn't have the, you know, the cash for Luby's, right? Se- second thing, though, I know, though, it's incredibly important. The second thing I know about it, it is that you were, it was an incredibly important and memorable moment for your family. Would never take that away from your family. But unfortunately, it wasn't a memorable moment for you. So I would encourage you to see it now, that if you decide to get baptized today, as establishing the intentions that your parents had for you when they had you baptized when you were a baby. Like you're just going, yeah, yeah, I know what they were trying to do. I'm gonna choose to do it now too. See what I'm saying? We dedicate babies here, but what we're really doing is we're dedicating parents because the babies are like, I don't know what's happening right now, right? They cry, they freak out. But we, 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 we make parents say here, it's different than any other church I've ever been in. We make parents make public professions of faith that they're going to raise their children the way Paul said, in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Dedicating themselves to raise their children in the Lord. Baptism, though, is for people who realize Jesus Christ died for me, a sinner, paid the price for my sins, and when I believe in him, and when I confess him as Christ and Lord of my life, I, need, I have an identity change, and I need, to, I need to let the world know by going down in the watery waters of baptism. Acts 4 says, Acts 4 says, salvation is found in no one else. Listen, we live in a pluralistic society where people will tell you, oh, there's many ways to God, not according to the Bible. Not according to the Bible. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is what? No other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. It's through Jesus that we are saved. Listen. Baptism is not the be-all, end-all. For sure. Nobody's saying that. But it's certainly a huge part of what it means to follow Jesus. And today, today, today is as convenient of an opportunity as you'll ever have to be baptized. So you, you make the decision to respond just like they did. Two scriptures and I'm done. Acts 2.41, Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost. And what does Peter say? They say, what do we do? The people say to Peter, what do we do? And Peter says, repent, Acts 2.38, be baptized, every one of you, in the name 
name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he says, and this promise is for you and your children and their children and for the generations that are far off. And then here's what he says. And those who accepted his message were what? Baptized immediately. And about 3,000 people were added to that, their church that week, that month, no, that day. That's what we're supposed to do. Then we're going to respond. We're going to go get in the waters and we're going to get, man, can you imagine how long it takes to baptize 3,000 people, everybody? That's a long song at Life Point on church. <laughs> when are they going to stop singing, man? Right? They responded that day. There's another, just one last verse, Acts chapter 8. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a guy, he's, he's, he's sharing the word of the Lord with this Egyptian or this Ethiopian eunuch, this, this powerful person in, in the Egyptian uh, uh, Ethiopian empire. And the guy's like, explain the scroll of Isaiah to me. So this guy's explaining the, the scroll to him. When he has this epiphany, this, oh, I see it now. Here's what he says. They rode along, they came to some water. The eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I? be baptized. He ordered the carriers to stop. He's a powerful man. They went down to the water and Philip, what? Baptized him. The moment that the, the, the Ethiopian eunuch has this epiphany about Jesus, there's water. What, what should stop me? So let me tell you something. We live in a society that overthinks and underacts. I want to say to you, you don't have to fully understand all of this to, to, to obey immediately. This guy has it right. He's not asking, why should I be baptized? What he's asking is, why shouldn't I be baptized? There's water. Why shouldn't I be? Which is what I'm asking everybody to do today. Why shouldn't you be baptized today? And people who were baptized a long time ago and don't remember it as, or, or they got baptized as an infant will often get baptized again, looking for a fresh start, looking to publicly for themselves declare that Jesus is Lord. Maybe that's you today. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you've never been baptized. Maybe you're not sure about it. Maybe you've been thinking about it take the plunge. Do what they did in the Bible. They took, a, they took the plunge. Remember, some of the best things happen in life when we just jump on the opportunities God puts in front of us. Mark Twain said, 20 years from now, you'll be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the things that you did do. So if baptism is your next right step, come on somebody, today, 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 today is the day of salvation. Come on somebody, that's what the Bible says. Today, 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 today. So Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the word of the Lord. Thank you for the stories we've read. Thank you for the scripture. Thank you that right now, God, people are feeling compelled, compelled. They're hearing from you, God, to take the next step in baptism. Seven people did it in our last gathering. God, I'm believing people are gonna do it in this gathering and in the third gathering and in the fourth gathering. People all day responding to the word of the Lord. Faith comes by hearing the word of the Lord and we're gonna respond in faith. We're gonna respond. God, so I'm praying for folks who need to take this next right step, that they would have the courage and the wisdom and, and, and the challenge, God, right now to follow you. And I'm praying also, God, even more importantly, I'm praying for people who have never obeyed the gospel, who've never bowed the knee to Jesus, so to speak. I'm praying that today, God, that people would realize what's been done for them on the cross of Jesus Christ, that God so loved them so very much that he sent his only son to pay the price for our sins. And so the Bible says in Romans 10 that if we believe that in our hearts and we confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord, God, we are, we are made right. We are made in right standing with God. We are saved. And so, Lord, people are doing that here. People are 
are doing that at home. God, they're being saved all over this place, God. We are asking you to be the forgiver of our sins, to make us right with you, Jesus. And our next step, God, our next right step is to get baptized. And we're gonna do that today, God. We're gonna see it done in Jesus' name. Amen and amen, 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 amen. Come on, give it up for Jesus. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.